0: Every time we gather for the Eucharist, the Lord always offers us first readings, teachings, guidance, and then we enter more fully the liturgy of of the Eucharist, whereby we enter into the very timelessness of Jesus' offering of himself. And And then ultimately the Lord gives himself to us in the Eucharist. So every time we gather, we're being nourished, being taught, being healed, being strengthened by God's powerful grace and love that he has for us. But as we look into the past, and we're going through the first reading from the book of Genesis, which reconstructs the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, where we see how God remained faithful to them God was guiding them not sparing them difficulties and yet ultimately being there for them and God always helped them out through the struggles they had to come out and remain faithful and today although our, our first reading kind of skips from yesterday to today skips several chapters and as you know the uh, it was Isaac who told his son you shall not have a wife from the Canaanite families, a woman, but you go back to Haran, to where the land of, of, uh, of where Abraham came from, and one of his relatives there, or the man of the, from the tribe, that you have his wife from there. And so Jacob leaves leaves the uh, Canaan area, the place where you dwelt, and goes all the way back to Iraq, as we know to find his wife there. And as he arri- arrives in Haran, what does he see? He see he's asking for the family. Do, does anybody know the family of Laban, his, his relative? And they said, yes, we do know him. As a matter of fact, he gathered around the well because that's where people would gather, especially in the des- desert areas, well, would be a very important place to gather, both for drinking water for themselves, but also for their flocks. And so when, uh, when uh, uh, Jacob asks, um, does anybody know? They said, yes, we don't. And as a matter of fact, his daughter is here. Rachel is here bringing the sheep uh, and to, to water them. And of course, he looks at her. He kind of falls in love with her you know, right away. And he's the one who helps her to, um, to provide the water. FOR HER SHEEP AS WELL, AND SO OF COURSE SHE RUNS BACK AND TELLS HER FATHER WHAT HAPPENED, THAT SOME RELATIVE CAME FROM Canaan, AND and INTRODUCED HIM. BUT ANYWAY, THERE'S A LONG STORY HERE, BUT HE WANTS TO MARRY HER, AND OF COURSE HE HAS TO WORK FOR SEVEN YEARS FOR HER, AND LABAN Laban, SUBSTITUTES HER. THE OTHER, HIS OLDER DAUGHTER, SO HE HAS TO WORK FOR ANOTHER SEVEN YEARS, AND ANOTHER SEVEN YEARS TO to MAKE UP, SO FOR 20 YEARS, BUT in, IN THE PROCESS, um he has married both you know leah the older daughter which Laban banca have kind of sneaked up on him and 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 then also to rachel and of course when he comes back uh, he the lord really prospers him blesses him with flocks and everything else and so today what we have is he's returning back He's returning back, but he's kind of—he's afraid of his own brother Esau. He thinks that Esau will kill him, take all his possessions, and take everything else. He's really afraid as he walks, and 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 then the night before he was supposed to m- m- meet with Esau, he goes through a lot of struggle inside. And today we had that first reading about him struggling, struggling with God, struggling perhaps with. With, with just looking his whole life, we do not know. But there's a tension, a struggle. And, and there's a description of a man. The, the tradition interprets us as his angel of God, uh, the angel of God, struggling with God. And ultimately, he's able to overcome the struggle, whatever it then meant. And he asks for blessing, for blessing from this man, from this angel, as he sees the blessing from from that struggle but what we see here is this the struggle that he is able to overcome you know i think all of us are here we gather yes we receive the gift of faith yes we are here but there's still struggle there's difficulties in our life that we are not always able to overcome easily sometimes these things linger sometimes they seem to be dragging us down depressing us Sometimes, you know, we go through our own questioning and doubting even faith. Is God really with me? Is God there for me? And here we have, we have not only Jacob going through this whole process of that struggle, but all of us. And we're invited to continue to trust, to rely on God and ask for his blessing amidst the difficulties the struggles that we have. And so, so that's the first reading. The first reading is sort of a invitation for us not to be afraid that god will be with us just as he was with jacob that as we'll see how god protected him even from his own brother esau and how he protected him even from laban who laban who wanted to take advantage of him and yet at the end he also was reconciled with him as well. So God with us, God who is is faithful to his promises will always be there for us, always be there for us because it's not possible for God not to be there. It's not possible for us because God, he created us, and he also is inviting us to share his glory, but he gave us the freedom, the freedom because he wants us to, to take us home as free someone people not by force but by freedom we choose him and yes there's sin involved as we know we were tricked by the evil one to distrust God Um, and yet and yet even though there are consequences of that sin we're wounded we have been wounded we we have always the predisposition to to distrust to also to um, be lured by sin but nonetheless God, out of love for us and His Son, He wants to give us that freedom, that complete freedom. And this is where our gospel comes into the picture. Jesus, who knows our humanity, He knows the difficulties, and what we have here is not only someone who was not able to speak, but He was the one who was possessed by evil one. As you know, sometimes we don't realize that sin and evil wants to remove a dimension from our life, wants to destroy us or to limit us, to incapacitate us by something. And we don't see that. We see it just the opposite. We see evil or even sin as some freedom that we have, but it's actually the opposite. We we embrace something which diminishes us, which actually decreates us. We're not fully human. Sin is something that takes things away from us, and this is where we don't really realize that it's truth, because sometimes we're so blinded by a cultural interpretation of of sin, we're blinded by cultural interpretation of what we should be doing that we don't realize until we fall victim and we're trapped. And so here it is. Jesus is the one who comes to free us, free us from consequences of possession by evil, consequences from the of uh, consequences of sin. And here we have, this is what the Lord does. He has come to free us. Look at this demoniac who, who could not speak. He didn't ask for anything. He didn't say anything. The people, is the people who brought him, not even relatives. People came. They, it's a, a, a very impersonal. He was brought to Jesus, by whom? by community of faith or community of people who love one another. You see him in difficulties. You see his difficulties. You see him wounded. He's not able to speak. He's possessed. It is the community that prays for him or a community that recognizes his own brokenness and leads him to Jesus. This is an invitation for all of us. It's we as a community, we have to recognize one another. We have to recognize the brokenness of each other. Not that I don't care about him, but I do care, so I take care of him, whatever way. We bring him to Jesus. How can we bring someone to Jesus today? Yes, we entrust him to to the Lord. We pray for him. We encourage him or, or maybe see what we could do for him or maybe even take him to an exorcist. You know, all those things are there. For all of us, and so, because that exorcist does in the name of Jesus to the power of Christ, or or do some other possibilities of you praying, praying various types of prayers for freedom from brokenness, from sin, and so here it is: we see it's the people who bring this this man to, to, to to the Lord. We we as a as a community, and then and then what happens is, Jesus drives this demon out of him, and he begins to speak, which means the Lord restored his humanity. We don't even know what he said. He's not even praising God, because if he was praising God, he began to speak, which means we see how generous the Lord's love for us is. He wants to re, re, uh, re, regain our humanity. He wants to give us the gift of humanity back And so in a very succinct way, we see how the Lord works. He wants to restore that broken humanity to us. He wants to give us that freedom. And then we have a problem. The people around, they recognize the sign of God, says nothing has ever happened like this. Nothing has ever been seen in Israel because no one has that power to to remove evil and to bring forth uh, speech. You know, there's one thing about eyes. When Jesus, you know, heals our eyes, it is something for us to benefit, to gain. But speech is something that we give to others. We share things with others. So healing of not only that which we receive, but also that which we were able to give. And then next, the uh, the, 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 the 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 yes, we have we have. Um, this miracle taking place and then jesus went around we see here jesus went around to all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the gospel and curing every disease and illness the three dimensions of jesus mission teaching the truth proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom the kingdom of god is with us which means God has come into our very human society and human heart and then curing every disease, illness, healing. So the three dimensions of the messianic, messianic mission. And, of course, at the sight of the crowds, the heart, his heart was moved with pity. We see Jesus as being moved with pity because they were troubled and abandoned. They, they were wounded. Jesus recognizing that aspect of all of us when we don't have good shepherds, we ourselves are not good shepherds for others. Then, then what we have is many are left and they're troubled and abandoned and wounded. And so we need the Lord again. He's asking us to be the shepherds for, for the people. He wants us to be the shepherds for the people, which means he says the Lord says to his disciples, the harvest is abundant but the laborers are few. Asked the master of the harvest to send our laborers for his harvest. Again, how to be shepherds, how to be shepherds according to heart of Christ. All of us as priests, as religious, but all of us, we share in that mission of Christ which he gave us, of all of us have received the gift to teach the truth, to proclaim the kingdom, the kingdom of love and mercy, the kingdom of, of justice, the kingdom of, of peace, of harmony, the peace that Christ gives us That's the kingdom, the kingdom of the presence of God among us, the presence of grace and love and mercy that God wants to give to us. And then the Lord is asking us that the Lord of the master, the master, the master of the harvest, which is the Lord, that he would send out to us others who help us to lead, guide, shepherd us. And the final reflection today is, you know, today we honor St. Maria Goretti, who was born in 1890. She was a daughter of um, poor farmers. And uh, being 12 years old, uh, she was accosted by Alessandro, who was another from another family who also worked for for, for for this landowner and then and he um, wanted to take advantage of her um, she refused she reminded him that it is a sin but he became enraged and 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 he stabbed her 14 times on the way to the hospital she confessed what took place she forgave him in jesus name she died uh, um, the day after but uh, on, on July 6th and June 6th. But now uh, we have to, I'm sorry, July 6th. But let me just say something here. It's what happened to Alessandro afterwards. And, and he, after he was in prison for 30 years, well, actually he was 27, for good behavior, they gave him three years off. So at the age of, uh, after 27 years, he goes back. The first thing that he does, he goes back to, his, to her mom, apologizes. He goes to the church on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and he, he asks for forgiveness from the whole community, that he hurt the community by his act. He, he apologizes. He participates in in the first beatification and canonization, and then towards the end of his life, he wrote a beautiful letter, and this is the last thing I'll read to you, you know, a letter that he wrote. He was an 80-year-old man. Uh, first of all, he was a gardener at the, um, he was a gardener at, at the, uh, at the Capuchin monastery. Then he joined his brother. So he lived out his life as religious. And so I, in 1961, he wrote, I'm nearly 80 years old. I'm about to depart. Looking back at my past, I can see that in my early youth, I chose a bad path which led me to ruin myself. My behavior was influenced by print, mass media, and bad examples, which are followed by the majority of young people without even thinking. Very interesting remark. I just follow what everybody else was doing. I did the same. I was not worried. There were a lot of generous and devoted people who surrounded me but I paid no attention to them because a violent force blinded me and pushed me towards a wrong way of life. When I was 20 years old, I committed a crime of passion. Now that memory represents something horrible for me. Maria Goretti, now a saint, was my good angel, sent to me through Providence to guide and save me. He's referring to that, that eight years into his prison, he had a dream of her and he saw her among beautiful lilies and she consoled him. And that became a transforming moment of his life. He, 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 from that moment on, he realized not only that he was on this path, but his depression uh, left left him. So I still have impressed upon my heart her words of rebuke and of pardon. She prayed for me, she interceded for my for her me for me, her murderer. Thirty years of prison followed if i had been if I had been of age, I would have spent all my life in prison. I accepted, because he was 19 at that time, I was 21 years old. I accepted to be condemned because it was my own fault. Little Maria was ready, was really my light, my protectress. With her help, I behaved well during the 27 years of prison and I tried to live honestly when I was again accepted among the members of society. The brother St. Francis Capuchins from Marche, Larki welcomed me with angelic charity into their monastery as a brother, not as a servant. I've been living with their community for 24 years, and now I'm serenely waiting to witness the vision of God, to hug my loved ones again, and to be next to my guardian angel and her dear mother, Asunta. I hope this letter that I write can teach others the happy lesson of avoiding evil and of always following the right path. Like little children, I feel that religion with its precepts is not something that we can live without, but rather it is a real comfort, the real strength in the life and the only safe way in every circumstance, even the most painful ones in life. Seinwell, Alessandro, Serenelli. I think this letter kind of summarizes something for our culture today. We can choose that path and our culture pushes us to the lack of awareness of what the gift of purity is all about, lack of awareness of what sin is, lack of awareness of our own actions, which are actually very contrary to the gospel. And then we choose this path and hurt ourselves, hurt others. And yet, along the way, the Lord does not abandon us. And even this, this young young girl, she was, became the protectress, the guide, was a murderer. That's what he says how powerful that witness is how powerful it is someone who out of love will forgive in the name of christ because christ's love is so overabundant so powerful it can never be extinguished it can never be out out, pushed out out of our lives it can never because god's love and christ's very presence was given to us because we were broken, we're messed up, we're murderers, we're liars, we're thieves, we're everything that we can ever imagine we are. And God is there in his fidelity to us, in his son. He took away everything upon himself so that we may be freed. He took upon his brokenness, our brokenness, and he embraced it so that we may receive the gift of freedom, the gift of life, the gift of the life of the kingdom. This is how great God is. This is how great his love is. This is how great his mercy is. Because we, those sinners we are, and yet he makes us whole. And he wants to make sure that we are with him for eternity in the kingdom to come.
1: Are you a Marian helper?